You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. If you're an English language learner, have a keen interest in language, or you're a teacher, then this podcast is for you. We give tips and advice and discuss topics about learning and teaching. We hope you find it fun and informative that it gives you help and encouragement in your journey with the English language. Hi there, welcome to the seventh episode of English with Monty. Today I'm joined by a Spanish couple who are good friends of mine and also have been students with me for quite a long time now. Irene and George. Hi, how are you, John? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And, and you, George, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, well, welcome to the episode. I wanted to invite you on the episode really to ask you a few questions about your experience in London and to maybe give the listeners an idea of how easy it is potentially to, or not easy, but how you can succeed by working in London in your own profession. And also potentially to debunk the myth, which is kind of to say, remove the myth of the idea that it's difficult to work in your profession in London. I guess this is a conversation we've had previously, isn't it, yeah. with Spanish people. Is it fair to say that often there's a myth that it's difficult to find your own professional work in London? Well, I will say it's, it's a myth and it's not. It's true that it's difficult, but I will say it's difficult to start. Once you start, I will say it's quite easy to, I don't know, improve your situation or even find a, a better job, get promoted and all that. And that is something that I quite like from London, that it offers so many possibilities. And if you really are prepared to work hard and to try, I think you can get whatever you want. Okay, cool. Is it also fair to say there's a myth that a lot of people think that you can only really work in a bar and, and a cafe and things like that? It's easy to find a, a job in a cafe or in a restaurant, uh, mainly if it's a Spanish restaurant and things like that. But I would say that to find a job related to your profession or to what you have studied is possible. And you, in my opinion, you just need to, first of all, improve your English a bit and then after that try hard and send many CVs and do interviews train doing interviews and after some time I would say it's a question of time to find a job related to your profession I think oh. just have to try the problem maybe is that some people just try for some months and they quit and they think they they will always be in a coffee shop or in a restaurant mm. So it's more about perseverance and maybe, hmm. you know, making sure you get interview practice and you well, train yourself. I, I will say that it's not about nationality, not you say at the beginning. I mean, it doesn't mean that you are Spanish, you are French, you are yeah, Italian, sure. you are German. It doesn't really matter as far as you have the ability of moving around, work hard, try to make contacts and send us, it didn't say some CVs. So, I mean, it's hard to get the first job opportunity, but once you have it, obviously it is easier to, I mean, because once you are in the market, it would be just a matter of improving or showing what you are capable of. Yeah, sure. Because I guess it, it is, as you both say, kind of making that start, isn't it, really? Because I think one of the things in my experience, and I guess probably in your experience too, is often 
it's more difficult to find a job when you don't have your experience in the UK. Until you do have that experience, it does mean it's quite difficult. Well, I mean, it? it's a market. I mean, there are thousands of people coming here every year. So you have a lot of people looking for the same job position that you're looking for. Of course, somehow you have to be better or show that you are better than others somehow, as I say. So that's the challenge to get into that first job position. Because it's very competitive. Exactly. Yeah, but also I've heard many times the sentence, oh, but there's lots of competition and I will not find a job. My English is not very good. That's the most common sentence. My English is not very good. But I will say that mostly everybody is in the same situation. Of course, there's competition in this city, but it's a matter of trying and trying. To be honest, I will say this city is made for hardworking people. And if you persevere, you, you can get something for sure. It's more about perseverance than anything and just making sure you keep going and you're prepared to wait a certain period of time, would you say? I mean, how, how long did it take until you got the kind of jobs you were looking for? For me, it was, well, for both of us, it was quite fast, but not because of our level of English, because when we came, it was not that good, but because we had also previous experience. And one of the best things about this city is that they value other experiences that you've had in the past, mm -hmm. even if they are not related to your job or even if they are not related to learning English. If you say, look, I've been doing this in the past, I've tried, I've worked in different places and I'm prepared to work hard. They value that more than any other thing and mm -hmm. they give you the opportunity. And it's something that amazed me at the beginning because in our country it's not quite like that. I will say they value more your CV and what, what qualification you have mm -hmm. more than the personality that you have. So I would say that is, again, is a matter of trying, but of course you have to try every day. So every day you need to try to improve your English, try to speak in English or try to look for a job, go to offices, uh, hand out your CV and things like that. Mm, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, because well, it's... Probably that will be very difficult nowadays no? with all offices. <laughs> Everybody working from home. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I guess we're, we're still in a period of where it's still a little bit cautious in terms of people going back to your office spaces, isn't it, after lockdown? But yeah, I guess in, in ordinary times, it, it can be quite good to go to offices and actually physically give your CVs, can't it? It maybe gives you the opportunity, I think, I mean, I don't know what you think about this idea, but I often say to students, you can go to an office and potentially speak to somebody just for some advice. So somebody in your profession and say, look, I'm new to London. I'm trying to get a job in this area. Could I meet somebody for five or 10 minutes just to have a chat? Not everybody's going to say yes, but maybe 50% of people will. And that can be invaluable advice for you just to get a good idea of what step to take next. For sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it can give you some indication no? or give you some idea how the market is moving and what type of opportunity they will have. So, yeah. Of course, I already know, but could you tell the listeners, where are you both from exactly? I'm from the south of Spain. I'm from a small village in Badajoz called Calzalla de los Barros. Well, it's uh, like 700 people, but it's a very small one. So I come from, from there. Okay, cool. I'm from a city on the 
east side coast of Spain, south as well. Uh, it's called Murcia and is like half a million population city, but it's quite close to the coast, to the beach. Okay, so it's a bit of a contrast there, maybe from where you're originally from, coming to London. Why did you decide to come to London? What was your idea behind doing that? I mean, the first thing why we came here was to practice our English and to improve it because working in other places and after some time we realized that it was very important to improve and to get a higher position. Having a good level of English was mandatory. So without that, we couldn't progress farther into our profession. So that was the main point of coming to London. So the idea was was maybe to spend a bit of time in London and then perhaps return to Spain originally? Not necessarily. I mean, when you come to a new place, you don't know what you're going to find, what you're going to get. Um, it will be a, a matter of coming here, finding a job, see if we are happy here, if not yet moving to another place. But we find out that um, we like the city, and um, we like what we do, we like the people we know, we have around. So at the end, we feel very comfortable here. And um, to be honest, this is our home now. So we don't plan to move now. Who knows what's going to happen in the future about the situation right now? Sure. And we've briefly spoken as well about your first work experiences, and uh, <laughs> they were quite interesting, weren't they? Can you tell us a bit about those? So, as I said, I found a job quite quickly, the first week, in fact, mainly, and maybe this is helpful for people looking for a job, mainly because we looked for a low position job related to our profession. This way, we were in, a, in an advantage because our qualification was higher than the position we were looking for, even though it was in the same field. It took me like one week to find a job. I started there, but it was a Turkish company, architectural company. My boss was not an architect, but my colleagues were. Well, it was basically doing small projects in London and drawing the plans and all that. George's was quite similar, but a bit different as well. Yeah, I mean, I started in a small construction company. So basically, we didn't have an architectural department. And I was the only one in that department when I started with it. So, I mean, it was a very challenged position for me, coming from a different, not background, but different language, different regulation, different way of working. So I had to learn a lot and start from the beginning, but I mean, it was just a, a four month work, but it was a great experience somehow. <laughs> but it's kind of that period of time, would you say that's invaluable experience? So did it take you maybe three or four months for you to get used to regulations and get used to using English? Something that we are always learning. I mean, we always learn about regulation. Even now, we have been here for almost five years. We are still learning English. I mean, we are always learning. You cannot mm. say that you know all about something. Sure. Yeah, but I will say that uh, that job, mine and yours, was quite interesting in the sense that because it was uh, both of them were small companies and we had to do most of the tasks in the company. And there was almost nobody teaching us. We had to learn it from scratch. Also because our bosses were not very interested in teaching a lot. We right. had to learn on our own. I will say to someone who is looking for a job that the best thing to do is to look for a job in a small company because you will learn much, much more than in a bigger company where everything is organized and you just have to do one thing at a time. Whereas in a small company, you have to do many things and it's tougher, but 
at the end you learn more so you're kind of in at the deep end so to speak you either sink or you swim exactly (laughs) yeah so it's more of a challenge but you probably learn more and it's more helpful for getting the next job exactly i mean i I remember for example being so afraid of talking over the phone because it was very challenging for me and very difficult Mm -hmm. and at some point i was alone in the office and the phone was ringing and i said well look or i pick up the phone and i try to talk to the client and get some business for the company or obviously this company will sink as you say and i will have no job anymore it's like or you or take it or leave it but you have to do something yeah Yeah. sure this is quite interesting the issues with the phone because for me it took me one year to talk over the phone i didn't want to do it luckily in my company there were another two people who were able to talk over the phone whereas in yours george there wasn't anyone else and (laughs) despite i had slightly higher level of english when i came here it took me one year to talk over the phone and for you it took you basically one month to start talking over the phone so that shows that if you really try, you can do it. It's not a matter of your level of English, but a matter of trying. I guess it's just a skill though, isn't it? I mean, I think a lot of people I've spoken to learning English, they always talk about it being so difficult to speak on the phone. But I guess it's kind of almost a separate skill, isn't it, than speaking face to face. The more practice you have, the easier it becomes. Yeah, exactly. And I think you shouldn't be afraid of asking the other person to repeat it to say sorry i didn't understand it could you say that again things like that you shouldn't be afraid of it because mainly in london people are used to talking to other people from different nationalities so you shouldn't be afraid of it yeah sure and i guess that's quite an important piece of advice isn't it really because people are like oh maybe somebody will laugh at me or or they'll be embarrassed in some way but it is pretty normal isn't it in London you know it's everybody... pretty normal I've never had anyone laughing at me never yeah. not from the beginning that says something <laughs> and if you're confident that nobody's going to laugh at you that helps a lot yeah because I get it's just psychological isn't it if you feel that way then it makes you feel less confident doesn't it so yes well I mean as you, you, you mentioned before we have I mean we have known each other for three years now no I don't remember but probably was back in 2017 first time we we met at the meetup yeah, and yeah. Since then we have time in the in the pub <laughs> indeed yes socializing chips. indeed that is not <laughs> happening anymore but well hopefully that will be back soon yeah definitely well it's been nice hasn't it doing that i mean that's been one of the most pleasurable things about uh, hopefully for everybody doing english kind of socializing together and sharing a beer and some chips I think that's yeah. very important, more than going to the English lessons. <laughs> socializing is very I mean, important. one thing will help yeah. you to, to improve your English, the other one will help you to socialize, you know, meet new people, I mean, hear about different experiences. Um, it always helps you to carry on and move on with your normal life and try to get a normal life in London. Because I think hearing other people and, and what their experience are in London is a useful thing, isn't it? I think for everybody to listen to because it you know everybody has such varying experiences exactly you've reached the midpoint of the podcast and we thought we'd ask you a quick quiz question about which is the longest word where all the letters are in alphabetical order that question again 
Which is the longest word where all the letters are in alphabetical order? We'll answer your question at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned. How do you manage that? Because people come from completely different backgrounds, different countries, cultures, different levels of English, many, many different situations. So how do you deal with that? Is it easy or is it very challenging to get used to it and learn more or less how people are and what you can expect from them? You mean in a group conversation environment or just exactly in a group conversation environment? I guess, yeah, you kind of just get used to how different nationalities are and maybe to some extent what people's expectations are and being in those kind of environments. You know, it's not perfect. I can always improve things, adapt things. And I guess it depends on people's expectations, really, to be honest. You generally get an idea of what people are looking for and and what their expectations are often because of their nationalities i mean not always but but often you get patterns for the reasons for people being there often you get italians would come and they are typically looking to stay long term quite often not always you know obviously you get people who are just coming for the summer but you do get people that are often trying to come long term then spanish people or french people i would say a lot of the time They're coming for a short period and French people in particular are kind of coming to work maybe for a year or two and and then their plan is to go back. You get used to what people are looking for and what their plan is and and what their their aim is really and then you kind of adapt around that. I wouldn't say I find it too difficult necessarily it's just I suppose (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's part of the job, but I suppose you just are obviously there to try and try and listen to people and and understand what they're looking for, and and obviously if they do need your help, being approachable enough for them to ask you the question, and then also trying to give the best advice you can from there. And obviously if they do want extra lessons, then I can offer that kind of help with interview skills or or to pass exams and things like that. I can obviously help on those side of things so I think for me it's very pleasurable having many different nationalities it's never boring I mean it's always interesting meeting and and specifically with Spanish people what do you think they usually come for and what's the most challenging thing for you when teaching Spanish students in particular I think often people come with the idea I mean, not always, of course, it really depends on the people, but you get quite a few situations where people come to learn in order to pass their exam for university, for example. So I've had quite a few Spanish Mm -hmm. people that had to do their Cambridge exam so that they could complete their degree. They came over to spend time maybe doing a part-time job, but ultimately their goal was just to spend a few months here, improve their English, train themselves in order to pass the exam and then kind of take the exam when they go back home in terms of I mean obviously that's not true of every every Spanish person I've had (laughs) obviously yourselves who are who have been here for a very long time and you know you've kind of built your life here so so that's very different Uh, but I would say often the people I most come in contact with are people Spanish people who have just started their lives in London or are only coming for a certain period of time, I would say, in, in in a lot of circumstances. And I would say probably the difficult 
aspect is is often just confidence trying to give them that confidence because i often find people are like well i can't can't do this i don't think my english is good enough as you were saying before whereas it's more like saying to them look you know you need to to kind of just try i mean you're fine it's just a case of pushing yourself and as long as you can kind of transmit that confidence and that idea that they should just go for it and just try and push themselves then it's fine yeah i find with other spanish people uh, for example they don't realize how important it is to try to speak in english with other people around them but most of them tend to leave uh, sharing a flat with other spanish students yeah. so at the end all of them speak in spanish and they work in a spanish restaurant and at the end only speaking spanish during the whole day uh, so it's tough to find a different environment when you come here and you're spanish i will say yeah definitely i mean i think that's one of the elements i would say is is often spanish people in my experience would live in a bit of a bubble again it depends on what their aims are i mean obviously if you come to london and you think okay i want to get my job in my profession and really kind of make a try of this then i would say definitely don't do that at all because that's not going to help at all it's just going to hold you back and it's going to in many cases i've seen people being disappointed because they've not spent enough time in an english-speaking environment mm. but yeah. conversely if you just want to have quite a good time in a different country and improve your English to the level where you're a bit more confident and you can maybe use it to some extent in a job when you go back home, that's kind of fine. So it depends what your objective is. You know, I get a little bit frustrated when people don't keep focused on their objective and their objective is to get their own profession and they're kind of here one or two years and don't really understand why i would often say it was that kind of situation they're not spending enough time in an english speaking environment or kind of making enough effort to push and what what would you tell them or what do you usually tell them when they tell you this other typical sentence but i cannot find english people in london to talk to i would say that people just aren't trying hard enough it can be very easy to find english speaking people just if you look in the right places i understand why people find it difficult because if you're working in a bar or a cafe it's not always easy i mean if you work in a pub in fact you're much more likely to be working with english native speakers yeah, maybe that's in, true <laughs> maybe in a cafe or a restaurant that's much more difficult but certainly in a pub you are more likely to be working with people like that and learning from them but also i would suggest to people just do hobbies we use meet up for the conversation group which is application so meetup.com and there are lo lots of different hobbies you can do and that is the perfect way to meet english native speakers i often say to people if you enjoy walking join a walking group they do tours around london and outside of london and obviously when you're walking people can't escape from you <laughs> they have to speak to you and you you have to do the same and you will always get I, I guess the majority of people on those kind of walking tours are, are often English native speakers. So it's, it's just really making the effort and finding those kind of groups. And because hobbies, I think, is a great way because if you enjoy doing something and the other people enjoy doing it too, then it's a great way to meet other people and potentially make friends as well. 
Well, what they have to think about is that they are not alone. They are not the only people in that situation. So many people are looking for other people to talk in English, to practice, to do some sports, some hobbies. So at the end of the day, there are opportunities, but you have to look for them. Sure, definitely. I agree. Because you you both have an architectural firm yourselves, don't you? So you've had it for two years now, or is it three years? <laughs> it is. It's going to be four, four years. years. Four years. Wow. Okay. So that means that we've known each other for, for probably five years in that case. Probably. Well, I think you met George first. We set up the company. I was still working in the other office and because he didn't have anything to do uh, as not at many, the beginning. Too many things to do. Too many things to do, but uh, not, not many clients at the beginning. So he yeah. joined the conversation group and he met you first. And yes. some yeah. some time later, he told me, oh, you, you should join. And it's quite interesting. And obviously, I was afraid, but after some time, I joined uh, the conversation group as well. But we had already set up the company. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and how's business? I mean, things going well at the moment. Obviously, we've had issues with the pandemic. And then obviously, as well, there's been things surrounding Brexit as well. I mean, what's your feeling? How is business for you? And what's your feeling about the future? It's fine. We are quite positive. I mean, we, we have a quite good workload and we hope to keep it or maintain it for the coming months. Obviously, a bit challenged times about COVID, about Brexit. But I mean, to be honest, people try not to talk too much about it. Um, there are still a lot of things going on. At least in London, I don't know in other areas. In would be similar. Yeah, I think mainly it's also because the kind of projects that we do, which is related to residential uh, properties, is still going on. Maybe other kind of developments have stopped, or feel is still going on. And it's true that during the lockdown, it, we felt that it was a bit down. But after a month and a half, everything started going on again. We feel is kind of the same or almost the same as before the lockdown. Because I suppose people have been sitting at home and thinking, oh, my house is not big enough. So, so. <laughs> that's one of the main reasons. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's why your business is picking up again now. Okay. Yeah, they are at home and they need an office space. So many of them are trying to refurbish the house, extend it, or trying to build a, a garden office just because they know this is going to be for some time and they really need a space separate from the living room or separate from the kids sometimes to be able to work <laughs> properly. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because I guess probably from now on, it's going to become more common, isn't it, for that to happen? And then what do you like and what do you dislike about London? Would you prefer to tell us about what we like or what we don't like? <laughs> it, it's, it's up to you, whichever way you want to do Say it. Say first what you don't like. Well, we love the amount of opportunities we have here. feel that everything is possible here, uh, different client, different background, but a lot of opportunities every day. Okay, We have phone calls from new clients. We have many, many things because at the end of the day, we live in a big city with plenty of opportunities. The disadvantage of it is that it's a very big city where we spend a lot of time traveling in the city. Mm. Okay. Traffic jams, public transport, commute. So it is a lot of time what you're spending it. So, I mean, it has, as I say, advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, so it's more about traveling than anything else. Yes. Yeah, many people think is uh, the worst thing is the weather. 
again, I always say this, is not a myth, because obviously London has not the same weather as Spain, but uh, there are many sunny days in London in comparison with other English cities. And if you have a job, like hours, where you have to go out during the day and you can enjoy the sun, I will say that there are many sunny days. But that is one of the main disadvantages for most people. And I think it can be balanced if you use all those sunny hours and try to do sports outdoors or things like that. I mean, I think a lot of people that normally live in London are often surprised that actually the weather is quite fine, isn't it? I mean, maybe November and February or January, those kind of times are pretty grey and pretty cold. But I think spring and summertime, you normally get quite a lot of sun, don't you? And it's normally quite a good temperature as well. There's always the stereotype that it always rains in London, and it doesn't really rain that much, does it? No, it doesn't. It's stereotype, so. you're saying. I mean, it's okay. I mean, winter months are tougher, but other than that, it's fine. Yeah, I guess it's more the dark nights, isn't it, in in the winter that maybe it's make the it number different. of daylight hours. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the challenge, particularly in the end of December, the beginning of January, isn't it? Yeah, but at the same time, because people appreciate more. At the sunny hours, they try to go out as much as possible. And in the past years, I think uh, restaurants and coffee shops have tried to use the terraces and the open spaces to put the tables. So people try to go out and to stay outdoors all the time, more than if you're in a sunny country. <laughs> so it's, mm. that's nice. Um, yeah. How is it for you, John? Because you are not from London. You are from... Midlands. Midlands or West Midlands? Where's yeah, it? the West Midlands. Yeah. <laughs> Midlands in general, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, actually, for me, the weather's better here in London. I mean, in terms of finding the best weather in the UK, I would say the southeast is, is normally good. And then maybe the southwest as well. I mean, normally the south coast, the southeast is good weather. So I don't know if you ever noticed on the weather forecast that usually London is at least two or three degrees hotter than other parts of the UK. The, That's the pollution, isn't it? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, there's probably different reasons for that. I think it absorbs the heat more because there's less open spaces and because of the buildings and things like that. But it's definitely always a good two or three degrees warmer than it is where my parents live near Birmingham. So that, that's fairly normal. I'm going to ask final question. I mean, we've already spoken about kind of tips and advice for people, but do you two have any final pieces of advice or tips that you can give that we haven't already spoken about? Yes. I always think, I always say, you should always do what you like to do. I mean, we have colleagues that they are architects and some of them say, look, I don't like the profession anymore. I say, look, don't keep on doing it. You just find what you like and try to be happy because at the end of the day, you spend hours and hours doing a job, doing working for someone or working for yourself. Doesn't really matter. But if you don't like what you do, I mean, you are wasting your time. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that's good advice for anybody, isn't it? I think it's definitely, you've, you've got to enjoy what you do. Definitely. I agree with that. And any final things, Irene? Irene, you have any? Sorry. Yeah, my advice would be also doing that and try to use the time that you spend in this case in London, to learn as much as possible and to talk to people. Even if you are shy or you are afraid of it, 
you must know that nobody's going to laugh at you and you just have to try, try and try. With that, you can do whatever you want and you can do what you really like, as George says. Mm-hmm. I think that those are both great final tips for people and hopefully that will help them remember being at the end of the episode. So thanks very much for joining me today. I really appreciate Thank you, you both. Thank yeah. you. That's a always. Yeah, you're very welcome. I have a feeling this is going to be the most downloaded podcast. So <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I'll keep you updated on the stats. Yeah, if you have any questions at all for myself or Irene and George, then you can email me, john, which is joan at montyenglish.co.uk. And then can speak to either of you two, if that's fine. And, yeah, and sure. people do want to ask you some questions, then we'll do that. And then stay tuned for our next episode of English with Monty. Thanks very much. Thank you. you. Remember our quiz question from earlier on about which is the longest word where all the letters are in alphabetical order? Well, the answer is almost. So that's A-L-M-O-S-T. So that's only a six letter word. So when you use this word, remember this interesting fact. See you next time.